Welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Japan, the show that brings you the most trending news stories and cultural insights from Japan. I'm your host, Julian Demansky, and joining me, as always, is my co-host and founder of Japan Insider, Yasuharu Matsuno. Hey, guys, welcome back to our show. And how's everyone doing? So, first of all, there's a follow-up story to the main news topic that we've discussed last week, uh, which was about the president of the Tokyo Olympic Committee, Yoshiro Mori uh, making sexist comments. Mm. You remember that? Of course, yeah. <laughs> it's been in the news all week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to forget. And um, it seems that Mori will be announcing his resignation today. Mm. And I think it's just inevitable. I think, yeah, I mean, after the, the backlash, <laughs> that we all, you know, as I just mentioned, all week. Um, and I think it's not like early yesterday, like afternoon that's when i saw the news anyway that mm. i saw that he was thinking about it or like he was posed to kind of announce it mm. he hadn't officially announced it but mm. now he actually has announced it right um, was it still not official i think sometime today oh it will be announced yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know in japan they like to make like the announcement of the announcement uh-huh. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. Japanese style. yeah 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 <laughs> so yeah i imagine yeah obviously by the time this is actually broadcast uh the decision should be Final. Yeah, yeah. The thing is that, um, you know, there are some media that's saying, you know, Mori has contributed a lot to the, you know, organizing of mm. this uh, Tokyo Olympic. And to be fair, that may be true, but I think it's a different story than this issue, mm-hmm. you know. And I think what he said, uh, I mean, his comments shouldn't be tolerated. But yeah, anyway, uh, we'll keep our eyes on the news related to the Tokyo Olympics. Mm. Yeah, let's see how it goes. So what's the upcoming YouTube video for this week? Uh, This week, we've got something a lot nicer than the current news. Uh, Mm. Something cuddly and fun. New robotic pets. Mm, Sounds good. From Japan called Love It, Mm. which is like robot, love it. It's got this play on words of robot. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we went to Love It Cafe this week. We did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was this week. Yeah. yeah. What was your impression picking up one of those little cuddly guys? Mm. They were quite, quite cute, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still remember the name of the robot. Because mm. usually you don't remember robot's name, right? True. Yeah. Yeah. They had more of a personality. Mm. So yeah. Who are you playing with? Uh, I think we picked uh, Matcha. Matcha. And there was, a, there was like Waffle, Ichigo. Mm. There were loads of like cute ones, um, right. but basically, yeah, they're robots designed originally as um, friends. You could call it for like elderly people or mm. people who are like unable to leave the house or like lonely. But mm. I guess originally uh, elderly people. Mm. But now they've kind of turned it into like a to- like a toy almost that anybody can own. Yeah, yeah. from what I see, it's like a combination of a pet mm. and a friend. Yeah, yeah. But it's designed to be like needy, right? So like it doesn't do anything. It's not like a functional robot in the fact that like <laughs> yeah, it won't make you like toast in the morning. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's not like Roomba, right? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, clean up the floor or anything. But... Well, it it kind of is like Roomba. It doesn't clean anything, but it has the same kind of sensors where like yeah, of course, it can like map out your home. Uh-huh. Basically, it will just like follow you around and make cute noises. And the eyes are amazing, right? Yeah, the way that the eyes work. So like you kind of feel like I don't know, you have like a connection to this thing. It's yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean 
to be honest, like before I visit the the Love Cafe, mm. I wasn't sure, you know, mm. if I enjoy them. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I think yeah. After like seeing like you know more than ten like Lovelots in the cafe mm. and playing with them and you know hearing the stories from the maker. Mm. Yeah, I would say I'm I'm brainwashed now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you know I want one. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, they're pretty cool. So uh, as always, uh, our latest video will be published by the time that this episode of the podcast goes live. So mm. head over to YouTube.com/slash Japan Pro and check it out. So today is February twelfth, and our stories for the week are: the Clubhouse app is making big waves in Japan, and a ramen-loving researcher discovers that tonkotsu absorbs radiation. Despite going public around the same time as the coronavirus pandemic began in March of 2020, the new audio-based SNS app Clubhouse has only recently gained attention in the United States. At that time, the app only had around 1,500 members. It did not burst into the mainstream during its early stages and was instead preferred more by investors and Silicon Valley businessmen. However, Elon Musk's recent participation in the app, along with Robin Hood CEO Vlad Tenev, threw Clubhouse into the spotlight. The app is also providing a digital meeting place where people of similar interests can gather. Even during Japan's current state of emergency across several prefectures, the ability to quickly enter a room and meet new people with matching interests can help fight against the boredom of being a homebody. While the invite-only feature may be hurting Clubhouse's numbers in America, it could be the very nature of an exclusive app that makes it appealing in Japan. In general, there is a tendency in Japan to associate cost and privacy with higher quality. For example, in regards to English learning in Japan, you may think offering a large open classroom at a low price would be favorable to the general student, but more often than not, it is private, more expensive sessions that are preferred. This same line of thinking may make the members-only clubhouse enticing to a Japanese audience. As of February second, there are over three point six million registered users on the app. Yeah, so I'm sure everybody listening knows what this. Uh, app is all about by now. It's doing the rounds on the internet, um, but I unfortunately haven't been able to use it because I have an Android phone, mm. <laughs> like the true champion that I am. <laughs> yeah, I got a fr- an invite from a Japanese friend uh, the other day, uh, but yeah, I couldn't use it unfortunately. But sure. it seems uh, very popular, especially on Twitter. Mm. Lots of Japanese people talking about it. Yeah, it's extremely popular today, and um, you know, it's just. Exploded in Japan,、mm. and as you mentioned, there's、uh, how many like three point six million users、mm. uh, as of like two weeks ago, right?、Mm. Almost, and there were basically almost like virtually zero users in Japan by、mm. mid January. So you know you can imagine like how exponentially the number of users grew in Japan. Yeah, yeah. And you know because I'm an iPhone user,、mm. I've already used it a few times. I've even tried like chatting with a、uh, Christian, you know, one of、mm. our writers for、uh, Japan Insider,、mm-hmm. and he's a script writer for our, you know, news stories team,、yeah. right? And I, I tried chatting with him on、uh, Clubhouse last night,、mm. and yeah, it worked well. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so I would say there are、uh, many people that are trying to learn. Uh, something new、mm. by listening to other people's conversations or、um, you know asking questions to those you know influencers so to say sure yeah it kind of reminds me of、um, like a completely different concept but similar in a way that have you ever seen adverts for that thing called masterclass oh yeah yeah right yeah, and yeah. They, and they just basically hire 
people who are just like, you know, top of their game in whatever their field uh-huh, is. Uh-huh. And they record this whole like series of like video lessons. And when I first saw that, I thought it was really kind of like ingenious, mm. a kind of new way to learn stuff, mm-hmm. right? The way I kind of feel about it now, it sounds kind of like that, but it's more like live. So you could just like log into someone that you admire into their chat room and hear them talking. And Well, kind but of, I no? think it's quite different uh, in a way that, as you also mentioned, it's more like a panel discussion where mm. you can also participate. Mm. Uh, whereas Masterclass, you, it's, it's only like one-way communication, right? Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. It's like, um, you know, it's not obviously quite a different concept. But it's that way where, like, you're learning directly from someone you might admire, right? So, mm. I mean, uh, as we mentioned in the news story, uh, Elon Musk recently went into... Sure, sure. But, yeah, in that broad sense, mm. yes. But you get a very different feeling uh, uh, when you use the app. Sure, because, sure. you know, first of all, it's not recorded, it's mm. live. And you're uh, not even, like, allowed to record the conversation mm. so you can only hear things once mm. uh, and if you miss it you know you just mm. miss it <laughs> i see i see yeah mm. interesting so that makes uh the, the conversations on the app kind of like rare you know i mean you obviously know snapchat right mm. but that was the first i believe one of the first uh services where like you would basically just delete your message after you'd sent it mm. so like once the person reviewed it I think originally, anyway, they might have changed it. But yeah, the person would read the message and it would be gone forever. Yeah, that's part of the big trend, I think. Mm. Yeah, it's not always good for people to, you know, record everything, keep mm. all the data. Yeah, yeah. Because so then, uh, if you know that things are recorded or, you know, data are like kept for, you know, for forever, mm. then you become more wary of like mm. what you say. You know what you should say, not not to say. Yeah, you just tend to be a bit more apprehensive. Yeah, you know. So, why do you think? Because I mean, Japanese people are quite apprehensive in that regard, right? Yeah, that's that's what I thought, especially I mean, like with the public speaking, mm, right? Mm, so, yeah, we are generally yeah quiet. yeah. What do <laughs> what do you think it is about this app that appeals to Japanese people so much? Um, yeah, that's a very interesting question, and I thought about it too, and. One thing is that I just remembered when Facebook all of a sudden became so popular in Japan almost 10 years ago. Oh, okay. And that was when the movie Social Network was released. I see, okay. And literally from the next day mm. of the release of the movie, mm. like everyone just started using Facebook. I see. <laughs> and, you know, like with all due respect, I think um, whatever things that have become like super popular in mm. in the US especially like um like web related mm. tend to become popular in Japan mm. and but what's interesting about this clubhouse thing is that it's probably bigger in Japan now than mm. in, in the US <laughs> i'm not sure you know if the number of users catch up in the US after a while it might well do yeah 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 right um, but at this point yeah, like I heard uh, from some of my American friends that most of them don't know about this app. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and it seems, you know, a lot more popular in Japan. Oh, interesting. Today. Well, I mean, you've said something to me a couple of times in the past and along the lines of like, Japanese people are quite susceptible to trends, uh-huh, you uh-huh. know, and like when if they notice something, obviously not everybody, but as a general trend, 
when they notice something's popular, everyone just dives in oh, yeah. and tries to get it, right? So uh-huh. do you think this is just another case of that happening again? I would say so. I mean, I'm not <laughs> denying. I mean, I think the app is, uh, can be very useful. Mm. Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, when I'm like, uh, you know, traveling, I just put on my headphone and listen to, you know, some influential figures talk mm. to like each other. And, you know, it's it's quite inspiring, right? Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think what's driving many people in Japan now is, you know, the acronym uh, FOMO, right? I was actually going to ask you if you knew what that yeah, meant. Yeah, okay, yeah, like. yeah. <laughs> uh, is it like, do this... People still use that word. Oh, uh, yeah. It's more of like an online thing. But yeah, fear of missing out, right? Yeah. And I think that's basically it. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I found some like funny comments on Twitter and like whatnot mm. online. And because there are so many, you know, literally millions of Japanese users mm-hmm. crammed into the, the platform, some users are already kind of like getting tired of Clubhouse. Already, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like using the app literally, you know, several or you know, more hours a day. Mm. It kind of got like addicted. I see. And I saw like some people saying, "Oh, okay, like I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Mm. Like I want to leave Clubhouse." <laughs> and then there are some people like asking questions online, like how to delete a Clubhouse account. You need an invite to leave. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that would be funny. But it's that's funny, um, which is that you need to send an email right. to the, the admin people. Oh, my God. But this app is only available in English now. Uh, so they it. have to type an English, you know, write an uh, email in English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people are asking how to write that, you know, those lines <laughs> in, like, English yeah, uh, to be accepted by the, the admin. Yeah. And, like... You know, things are happening so fast. So, like, you if know? you go, like, in Japan, you Google, like, like, doyatte, clubhouse, oh, yeah. or yamaru, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> I like, still haven't found a template, but yeah. I think it's just a matter of time. Yeah, like a copy and paste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my name is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's funny. Mm. That's really funny. Oh, my God, that's so good. Uh-huh. Yeah, but on a serious note, mm. it'll be interesting to see how this uh, clubhouse trend Mm. Uh, develops in you know both Japan and the US or in other countries. Yeah, and we may even do a little clubhouse discussion of our own. Hmm. Maybe we'll plan something for next week. Oh yeah, that or, sounds like a we'll, we'll good let, idea. Yeah, let them know next week. So mm. any guys listening, uh, you can come and check us out live, and uh, we'll, we'll figure out the details and let you know next time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's move on to the featured story of the week. This week, Dr. Yurina Sekine and her fellow researchers at the Japan Atomic Energy Agency have made a groundbreaking discovery regarding tonkotsu and its ability to absorb harmful materials. Tonkotsu or pork bones in English are typically used to make a delicious broth for ramen, known as tonkotsu ramen in Japan. When the pork bones are soaked in an aqueous solution of sodium bicarbonate, They take on a sponge-like state that is able to absorb large amounts of strontium, a radioactive substance, and dangerous heavy metals such as lead and cadmium. The altered tonkotsu solution absorbs hazardous substances so well that compared to other natural absorbents like zeolite, the pork bones absorb five times more strontium. Pork and beef bones were previously known to absorb toxic metals to a certain degree. 
However, this is the first time a practical method to utilize this property has been discovered. Around 7.5 billion tons of animal bones get discarded every year worldwide. Instead of spending large amounts of money on getting rid of pork bones at ramen shops, if shop owners could donate them to be turned into a radiation-absorbing solution, it would turn into a win-win situation for both the food industry and the environment. Yeah, so I love this. Yeah, it's, it's so ridiculous. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I like Tonkotsu ramen too, mm. so I can relate to the story more. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's the best ramen. So you like it too? Of course, yeah. I ah, mean, my good. wife's from Kyushu. So, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> so I have I mean, to like it. <laughs> I mean, specifically from Fukuoka, mm. right? So it's like the origin of Tonkotsu that's ramen. That's her hometown ramen, Mecca. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, oh. it is the best though. I'm not just saying that because mm. she's my wife. <laughs> it's just so delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tonkotsu is great. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so I heard that uh, this Dr. Sekine, mm. she also loves Tonkotsu ramen. Oh, well, that's a that's a win win, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she goes to like more than uh, three times a week mm. to a tonkotsu, you know, the local uh, tonkotsu ramen shop. Oh, okay. And basically, that's where she got those uh, pork bones from mm. for her, you know, experiment. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, obviously, tonkotsu is just like you know the Japanese word and the phrase for pork bone, literally, mm-hmm. right? But literally, this yeah. would be usable like across the world right these bones because mm. it's just it's just i don't think it's just pork bones actually it's other types of animals as well but yeah she's still trying to figure out exactly what could be done but as we mentioned in the main story yeah what like 7.5 billion tons worldwide mm. just get thrown away right yeah so if there is a way to yeah repurpose them into something like this which seems like very useful uh, you know, substance to have. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's why this idea is brilliant, right? Mm. And what I also thought uh, quite interesting is the fact that from this, you know, scientific standpoint, when those bones are boiled, mm. it kind of like changes the property mm. and uh, it becomes basically five times more absorbing mm. than the bones that are not like boiled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it makes a perfect combination mm. between the, you know, all the pork bones wasted from these uh, tonkotsu ramen shop. Right, right, right. And then the, you know, some some areas that are, you know, contaminated by the radioactives. Sure, yeah. I mean, as you know, um, like Fukushima, mm. right? Uh, some areas around the nuclear power station, uh, the land is more or less contaminated. Mm. And uh, people are afraid that uh, contaminated water that keeps like leaking out from the uh, nuclear power station mm. will kind of like expand and yeah, flow yeah. into the sea, and you know they kind of like further expand. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But I saw an interesting Japanese article mm. uh, saying that if we could properly uh, able to you know utilize her idea, then maybe we can stop those you know contaminated water from you know spreading. Yeah, it sounds like a good plan. Um, I mean, yeah, when I heard this news, my immediate thought, just like you, was the Fukushima, um, you know, disaster. And from what I'm aware, uh, as kind of preventative measures they've done so far, they removed a lot of the topsoil from like huge areas of Fukushima and Mm. surrounding prefectures, right? And uh, there's currently like like millions of gallons of water, seawater, just like in barrels, 
like so, somewhere. I forgot they, where they are exactly in Japan, but they're all stacked up in like massive like storehouses and stuff. Yeah, and they've just got like um like thick like tarps over the top of them mm. just to try and keep the radiation in. Right, and the, there's been a debate. I think we might even even spoke about it on the show before. Mm. Where like the, this year they were trying to debate before the Olympics actually oh, it was last year yeah because mm. they don't want that water just like hanging around when there's loads of like, guests come to the country right mm. so they were trying to figure out a way how to get rid of it and mm. obviously the I think the the final decision was to just dump it in the middle of the ocean mm. to which like obviously the international community were like don't do that because like uh, that's yeah. that's not just your ocean it's everybody's ocean right sure. so I, I'm wondering like would this be able to yeah provide some kind of solution. Mm. Because from what I'm aware, it doesn't obviously it doesn't neutralize the the radiation, the the, the, the decaying radiation right. particles, but it, it will separate them from water or other elements. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the point. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of like a filter almost. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, in what is kind of like a goofy kind of news story, it's actually mm. like really serious and also quite uh, positive. You know, it's in a way yeah. that you know it could help. Thought so. Mm. Yeah. Even from the economic standpoint, I found the data somewhere that an average tonkotsu ramen shop is spending somewhere between uh, 500,000 yen to 1 million yen uh, every year to discard these pork bones. Oh, wow. So that is about like 5,000 to 10,000 uh, US dollars every mm. year, which is a substantial amount of money, right? Yeah, especially for, a you know, most of these ramen shops aren't very big, right? So. Mm. They don't have a lot of cash to be throwing around. Right. So another reason why this is great is that the government doesn't even need to pay them, but just get them for free. Yeah, yeah. And from the you know business owner standpoint, they can save you know that much money. Yeah, that's true. I mean, especially with the Fukushima thing, it's obviously it's the government's task to fix it, right? It's not mm-hmm. like a private situation because it affects the whole country. So yeah. yeah, if they could figure out some kind of system, I don't know, like, you know, bones.net or something. You know, you just sign in. <laughs> Tonkotsu. Tonkotsu. I don't know. Yeah, what's, I don't know. what's a good name? I don't know. Kotsu, kotsu.com. It's bones.com. I think there, there, there should be one already. Yeah, I don't know. Right. I don't know. Something else. But, yeah, yeah. you know, you're, you're, a, you're a, the owner of a ramen chain. You just log uh-huh. in. Say, oh, I've got like uh, 40,000 tons of bones. Yeah, tonkotsucollect.com. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you, you just register and then you choose your, uh, it's like Amazon, but in reverse, uh, you, know, you pick your collection day uh, and then the guy comes with a big truck, takes all your bones away. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And um, you are saving the country too. Right? That's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if there's, if there's a way that this can be used and beyond, beyond Fukushima, I feel like, you know, nuclear disasters are never really going to disappear. Here, especially not in the, mm. our immediate future. So I think so. Yeah, sure it's not going to be zero. Yeah, right? there's always going to be ways that this can be utilized. Mm. Okay, so that wraps it up for all the news stories this episode. Now let's jump into the final segment of the show, Word of the Week. So today, I'm going to introduce you to one of the trendy Japanese words. Ooh, okay. And this is related to the clubhouse story that we discussed mm, today. Interesting. Okay. And the word of the week is ishiki takaike. Ishiki takaike. So I think you probably know each word if you like break this up. Yeah. So ishiki. What is ishiki? Uh, actually, I just can't think. Ishiki is like. No, I'm thinking of something else. I'll think of joshiki. 
like common sense. Mm. Same, same shiki though. Yeah, like sense, right? Shiki-ish. Mm. I feel like I know the word, but I just can't recall it. Sure, sure. So uh, you you mentioned sense, mm. but sense is one uh, one meaning of yeah, this yeah. word. But in this oh, con- consciousness, consciousness, Con- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, okay. consciousness. I knew it would come back to me. <laughs> yeah, and in this case, it means mindset. Mm, okay. Uh, so mindset, the Kai is high, mm. more expensive, I guess, probably like high in this case. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, um, and then K, probably like, um, like Mei Wako K. Ah, yeah, yeah. Like, like kind of person, ah, right, or type of person. Mm. <laughs> so high, high mindset person. Mm. This is the, the, the literal translation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so, I, okay, I'm going to guess because of, let's go from the exclusivity angle of the app. Is it like someone who has been invited to Clubhouse, they feel like, ooh, I'm a little bit better than everybody else. Uh, or like, or like I, I'm, I'm better, so I deserve to be in the app. Or something like that. Mm, 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 <laughs> That's my best guess. I see, I see. Yeah, it's, I would say it's somewhat, somewhat close. Mm, you know? okay, I'll take that. <laughs> but what we need to be careful when we are using this word, mm. that um, when we say... Someone, when we describe someone as ishiki takai, mm. it's a compliment. You know, okay. you have a lofty, you know, spirit or you know, mindset. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, right. Yeah. You are admirable. So mm. ishiki takai, ne? Anata wa ishiki. Anata sugo ishiki. Or you know, maybe not anata. Maybe like him. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We usually don't say straight. Though. Directly, it's a bit direct. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, ishiki takai k k is the, the, the tricky uh, tricky part. So it's like it makes the whole word, uh, it makes the whole expression sound like kind of. So it also has a nuance of like wannabe. Mm, ah, like you, okay. you want to be, you know, inspirational or, you know, you want to have high mindset. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You are too, you know, pretentious. Or mm. <laughs> <like that. laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I was wrong, but it wasn't. Far off the mark in terms of that that pretentiousness. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like uh, so, basically, many ishiki takaike people mm. have gathered to clubhouse and they listen to you know Elon Musk talking, or mm. I mean, m- maybe they don't um, <laughs> they don't speak English, but sure. uh, they they listen to some uh, high profile uh, you know thought leaders in Japan. Mm. What's ironic about these uh, ishiki takaike people mm. is that they're Primary objective is not for their, you know, own like learning or mm. growth, but rather to kind of like show off, you know, the brag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Julian, you know, I'm listening to, you know, Mr. Son talking on Clubhouse and he was uh, saying yeah, this yeah. and that. And oh, did you hear that? Yeah, like, yeah. Good, no. And yeah, like while it's going on, like they just they're only in there just so they can say like uh-huh. that's what that's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, right? <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. Well, I'll uh, I'll look out for that. When I'm online next, try and avoid these people at all costs. <laughs> yeah, they, they try to preach you. you know? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I'll get my garlic, my garlic and cross. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> okay, well, that's all for this week in Japan. Whichever platform you're listening to us on, make sure you're subscribed for a brand new episode every single week. Thanks for listening, everyone. We are releasing new videos on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash japanpro. So find us there. Okay, everyone. So stay healthy, stay safe. And uh, if you're going to check out Clubhouse this week, remember to stay humble. and Don't be shiki takaike. And we'll be back next week for the very next episode of This Week 
in Japan. 